We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. The baseball season is go, go, go. It's nonstop, relentless for every night, six straight months, and then hopefully another month in October. You also have work, friends, family, and a million other things going on. That's when you reach for a Coors Light. It's made to chill. There's only one beer out there that's literally made to chill, and that's Coors Light. I mean, the mountains on the bottles and cans even turn blue when your beer is cold. Is there anything better than opening up your refrigerator after a long day, seeing that icy cold Coors Light can or bottle in your fridge? The answer is no, there's nothing better. That's why when it's time to chill, you choose Coors Light. It's mountain cold refreshment made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So that's why when you want to hit reset, reach for a beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. And as always, celebrate. We are breaking down all aspects of Yankee baseball. This is the Bronx Pinstripe Show with your hosts, Andrew Rotondi and Scott Reinen. Let's go. What's up, everyone? Welcome to the Bronx Pinstripe Show, episode 201. It's a big episode, Scott, because Giancarlo Stanton is now a New York Yankee. Just five days ago, Aaron Boone was announced as the manager, and then boom, Stanton news. It's a busy couple weeks for Yankees fans and, and everything in the Bronx. Yeah, absolutely. Things came out of nowhere. There was a first quiet uh, bit of the of the offseason to start. Really not much was going on. It seems like everybody was just kind of accumulating, getting all their stuff ready, and then boom. Yeah, Jer- Cashman hit us with a whole bunch of uh, of stuff at once. The Stanton stuff is ridiculous. It's utterly ridiculous. We have Murderer's Row. I can't freaking wait to watch these guys. Batting practice is going to be a spectacle. The, the, the team is unbelievable at this point. So how are you feeling 24 hours after the news camp comes down? I'm good. I'm happy. I mean, I'm, you know, how could you not be? I don't really care about the money. I'm, I'm not a fan that's like so involved with the contracts and the money at this point, because again, I, I, I'm a fan of watching baseball and watching my team do well. 
that it's not my money to to be really worried about. It's not like the Yankees are going to be like sitting on the sidelines because of a, a contract is going to be uh, dehabilitating them down the road. It just doesn't work out that way. They they just figure it out later. And if he's not if he's not if he's not something that's uh, that's that's helping the team in like seven or eight years, like okay, we'll deal with it then. But right now we have freaking Giancarlo Stanton smack in the middle of. Gary Sanchez and Aaron Judge, and then the other cast of characters around them, and the team and the offense is stupid good. So your opinion has not really changed much since we did that Facebook Live episode Saturday afternoon. No, not at all. I'm 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 pumped up. Still still riding high. Still riding the glow of uh, Giancarlo Stanton coming to the Bronx, and I don't blame you because, like you said, it's going to be freaking exciting. So here's the deal for this episode. Maybe some of you guys already listened to the half hour Scott and I did on Facebook Live Saturday afternoon immediately after the Stanton news broke. Um, That video is still on our Facebook page at Bronx Pinstripes. Just just search it. It'll be one of the first thing that pops up on that page. But we're going to edit that into the first half of this podcast. So you're going to get our gut reaction Saturday afternoon. We had just found out who the Yankees actually traded for Stanton at the point when we were recording that. Um, But then after that's done... Scott and I are going to do this in about two minutes, but we're going to get into all of the Aaron Boone uh, press conference stuff, some mailbags. We have voicemails at the end of the show, so it's going to be definitely a busy episode. If you held a gun to my head right now and you said, who are the two prospects that you traded for Giancarlo Stanton? I would not be able to tell you. <laughs> well, you could scroll down about uh, four lines in our notes and see that it's yeah, Jorge Guzman but if, and Jose If Devers. I wasn't staring at their names, I would never be able to tell you their names, which, is, exactly which just because makes it so much more amazing of a trade. They're so far away from the big leagues that you're not even going to care when they finally do make it to the big leagues. Right. And I do believe a little bit of the fact that this Devers kid was involved. We didn't talk about this. Is a little, it's just a tiny bit of trolling by Brian Cashman saying that. What do you they mean? Got, they, got Ch- they got Stanton for Devers' cousin and they got rid of Devers. It's a little bit of trolling, I think. A little bit. A little bit of a Dombrowski shot. A lot of people around the league saying that the Yankees stole Stanton for basically nothing. Obviously, it's the money. The money is the reason they got him. Cashman and Hal Steinbrenner saying, yes, we will take on that 295 mil. That is the, the number one reason and pretty much the only reason why he's in pinstripes. Oh, yeah. It's a, there was a salary dump. It was like an NBA trade with like expiring contracts. It felt more like an NBA trade than it did a, a Major League Baseball trade. Yeah, it was a, were... The whole thing was strange the way it went down and why it went down. Especially with the who was involved with Jeter and and uh, and obviously the Yankees. So, you know, I, there, one thing that we again another thing we haven't talked about because the more things have come up, and I'm just reading people's reactions, and a lot of these are just people who are just completely bitter and salty and hating on the whole thing. They're like, oh my god, collusion, collusion. Jeter <laughs> yes. came to the Yankees and it. gave them a sweetheart of a deal. Well, first of all, you're you're forgetting the fact that. They already had two separate deals ready to go with San Francisco and St. Louis, and Stanton nixed them. He didn't approve them because he has full control of that. So it's not like the Yankees deal was their first option or their first choice. It wasn't. It clearly wasn't. They had no, to. It go was there. the best option on the table after they were already held with their hands tied behind their back. Yeah. So the fact that people are like saying that Jeter clue like did it help at the end once that once they were sitting down and like okay we have to make a deal probably, but. It would never have come down to that if Stanton had, you know, said okay to San Francisco or St. Louis. So it's a it's a moot point with the collusion thing because it's just a bunch of bullshit. It doesn't make any sense. 
Definitely agree. Before we get into the segment with uh, about the Stanton podcast, I want to tell you guys about Sleep Number. When it comes to holiday gifts, what could be better than giving the gift of better sleep? Maybe you've considered a Sleep Number bed but thought that you couldn't afford one. But who, could, who can't afford a good night's sleep? Great news. Sleep Number beds are comfortable, adjustable, and now they are affordable with queen mattresses starting at just $899.99. So you're getting a kick-ass night's sleep for under 900 bucks. They're smart, effortless, and comfortable. Uh, did you know 9 out of 10 couples disagree on mattress firmness? So the Sleep Number bed lets you choose your local comfort and support on each side so you can find one that's good for you and good for your partner. Um, now sleep number beds are even more affordable with the special financing options for 48 months on all beds, including the new sleep number 360 smart beds now through December 18th with a sleep number credit card subject to credit approval and minimum monthly payments required ask store for details. Uh, and if you go into a sleep number store, they have 550 nationwide locations. Tell them Bronx pinstripes sent you. Okay. Let's get into some Stanton talk. Is the feeling of an ocean breeze, East Coast, North Carolina, got a postage from the oak leaves out to the open sea. See it like oak leaves, then I let it go with ease. Let's talk about the Yankees acquiring Giancarlo Stanton. It's truly evil, empi- evil empire fashion the way this deal went down. Went to bed last night, rumors started swirling. The Yankees are in on Stanton. I honestly didn't think it was going to happen even last night. I saw some people tweeting that it's still the Dodgers or the, the leading candidate. Wake up this morning. A deal is pretty much done, just needs to be finalized. And now we pretty much know all the details of it. Starling Castro, our boy Castro, going down to Miami, along with Jorge Guzman and Jose Devers, two low-level prospects, not even high-level prospects. Yeah, those aren't the good ones. So Those aren't the good ones that we were expecting to be included in this deal. I think everybody was expecting someone big to be named. I honestly thought um, I I was sort of going in my mind with the conspiracy theory where they were saying no high-level prospects were going to Miami. And because Clint Frazier is no longer technically a prospect because he served too much time in the majors, I thought, okay, that's how they're getting around this. They're not calling him a prospect anymore. But the only major leaguer going is Castro. That sucks. We're going to get into losing Castro. That's definitely going to be an impact on the team. But a lot of, I mean, every other non-Yankees fan, all the haters out there are so butthurt because they, the Yankees basically got Stanton for just money. Yeah, it's just money and time. I mean, the time is the big deal. I think the money is, is almost like a secondary factor of the fact that he'll be on the team in, for 10 years. And I know that everybody... Long ass time. It's a long time. And everybody keeps, you know, there's a lot of people referring back to the A-Rod trade. And we've just dealt with that. I mean, we literally just stopped paying this man. And the parallels year, are crazy, though. It, it is it is very all-star similar. All-star second baseman. Yep, all-star second baseman as well. Soriano yep. was, the, was the guy. Now we got Castro in the deal. It's it's eerie the way that it went down for that, but you know the time frame is. Um, I think when A Rod got traded, he was what thirty one. I believe he was thirty one. If you look at a lot of these big mega contracts, the guys that have signed these ten year deals. No, he was thirty one when they signed him again in oh, two thousand seven. That, that was the reload. When they traded, so he would have been twenty twenty eight ish. So so these. They- so the, I think that's what I saw the the long term like ten year contracts. A lot of these were given to guys at age thirty and plus. When you're looking at the um, Pujols. Uh, right, Cano, and start going down the line with uh, with those. We're getting Stanton for the ten years at twenty eight. You know, some some would say that that's a better thing, but listen, he's still going to be an old man, and and he's still going to be playing for the Yankees. The the contract is the only reason not to like this deal right. because just for on the field for two thousand eighteen and the, the foreseeable future, 
that lineup is fucking stacked. It is scary with Judge, Stanton, Sanchez, Didi, Bird, all in the middle of those, that lineup. Those are all 30 homer guys, but that's like the minimum is 30 homers. Didi is like the 30 homer guy. Then you go to uh, Bird, also a 30 homer guy. Hopefully, if he can play a full season, I'm crossing my fingers. I'm not going to jinx him this year, I promise. Sanchez is a 35, 40 homer guy. And then Stanton and Judge are the 50 homer plus dudes. I mean, that is, they are, the Yankees already led the league in home runs last year. 241 home runs. I looked it up this morning. They hit 241 home runs last year. And they're adding a guy who hit 59 of them. It's ridiculous. Every single person, every single pitcher in the American League is, is just is, is rolling their eyes right now and, and Oiling shaking, itself. scared to death because they literally have a modern day murderer's row now in Yankee Stadium. And, and not to mention, I mean, look, the ballparks that Stanton's going to be playing in, too, in the American League East, like the ball flies out of Yankee Stadium. The ball flies out of uh, Fenway. The ball flies out of Baltimore. These are these are places where those home runs are still going to tick up. Uh, Fenway. That's what I said. I said Fenway. I said oh, you Boston. said Fenway. The the um, I mean, the, there's the home runs are going to be. It, it's stupid when you think about the numbers that are possible for these guys. The level of protection for each each player. You don't even know who to attack anymore because everybody around you is is an all star or, or 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 murders the ball. It's a uh, it's a problem for everybody else. It's not a problem for the Yankees when they're playing though. It's exciting. It's exciting to think what the 2018 Yankees are going to be. A lot of young kids. All the young kids are coming back. That's the real key here. Is they they losing Castro? Um, it, it hurts for the brief short term. I mean, I think the Yankees are putting a lot of trust in Gleyber Torres. Everyone's saying Gleyber Torres now is going to be the starting second baseman. He still needs to prove himself. He not only needs to prove himself that he's healthy, but he needs to actually prove himself on a major league field. But everyone, he's the number one prospect in baseball. So the chances of that happening are good. So that that's awesome. But the fact that they didn't have to give up any of the other young players on this team to get them. So this is all just additions, which is which is why it's so exciting. It's now an embarrassment of riches in the outfield. I mean, Judge. Stanton. There's a lot of decisions to be made for that outfield. There's a, there's going to be a lot of juggling. Aaron Boone. His first job is not only to uh, to just look around and, and just like, well, how the hell did I get here? How the hell did a guy just take this team from one game to the World Series, get fired or let go or whatever, not resigned, and then we get the National League MVP? It's like this is he's the luckiest man on the face of the planet. It's uh, it, I think I was reading where the the last time that uh, the AL and NL home run kings came together. The following season, when they led the league, it was 1975. So this doesn't happen all the time. Don't but forget I did... also that if, Gian, if Giancarlo Stanton coming in is, we're talking about the second baseman because uh, Car- uh, Castro is leaving. Torres, there's a lot of pressure going to be on Torres, I think, just to to get up there. But we have uh, Ronald Torres as well, who has proved to be a guy who can go in there and play and at least platoon if he needs to, or well, if, if if Torres isn't ready to be. In the very beginning, Torres could definitely play there. We saw what he did when Didi was hurt. He stepped in sure. and played really well for the first month. A couple weeks. He's fine for a couple weeks. Um, but the, the Yankees, the plan, Cashman already said this a couple weeks ago, that the plan for Gliber Torres in spring training was for him to compete for the third base job. Right. So now he's competing. Now he's got a, it's almost like the second base job is his to lose. But as long as he is looking healthy and show it, he had a good spring training last year. So if he has another good spring training, I mean, he's definitely the opening day second baseman. I don't think there's really any question about that. Yeah. And there's no doubt he would have to face plant. There would have to be some significant reason why he wasn't going to be that guy because 
the the beauty about him coming up right now as well and going into that second base spot it's uh it's not as as new of a position as third base was so that's good so he's he's a lot more comfortable i'd say in the field at second base I mean, he's played up the middle for the majority of his of his life and it's an easier transition it's a it's an easier transition transition and then also you don't have he's got like no pressure to to perform offensively no. there is some pressure because of who he is and what yeah. level of prospect he is but look around and and you're seeing the guys around him he's not He's not dependent on for for any kind of offensive production. Like anything no. that he does right now, he's going to be hitting eight or nine in the order. Anything that he does is gravy. Yeah, I was trying to. I was playing. Everyone was constructing their their dream lineup with Stanton in the middle of it. And no matter how you shuffle around the top five or six guys, Gleyber Torres is going to be batting eight or nine. So pressure on Gleyber Torres is going to be pretty low. Absolutely. All the headlines are. I mean, all the headlines were already going to be on Aaron Judge because Aaron Judge is the most marketable and the most popular player in baseball coming out of the 2017 season. But add in Stanton to the to New York, to that New York media market, I mean, it's going to be insane. Clyber Torres is going to be able to walk around and no one's even going to know who he is. Yeah, there's going to be two giants that everybody's going to be looking at. It's going to be Aaron Judge and Mike, or Mike Stanton. I, I kind of want him to bring back Mike. I feel like I, every time uh, I'm referring there was to already him, already a Mike Stanton. Stanton. There was already a Mike Stanton in New York. Yeah, that's right. A, a, a lefty middle reliever that'll have a job forever. The... Uh, this Giancarlo Stanton and Aaron Judge. How do you feel? How do you think that Aaron Judge feels about this whole thing? Because Aaron Judge was like, Aaron Judge was the it guy. He was he was a, a very significant it guy for the fact that he hits a home, bunch of home runs. He's a big dude, and now all of a sudden there's the M- NL MVP coming in, also the home run king. Very similar stature, like kind of similar they players. Alike. They, they look, look alike. alike. There's a lot yeah. of they, they both could play tight end. The Giants could use them. The Jets could both use them. Like I I think there's a little bit of like wait a minute, I. This is my show. He'll never say it, but he's thinking it. I I have to imagine he's thinking it. Like you said, he will never say it. He will say all the right things. Kind of goes back to the Jeter A-Rod thing in 2004. Not, I mean, Jeter had already been there and won World Series. So the, it was a different scenario. And Stanton can easily, more easily play DH or left field and not have to – we don't have to have this whole thing about how we had, oh, A-Rod should be the shortstop, not Jeter. There's not going to be any sort of that shit going on. But I totally agree with you. It actually, I think, kind of hurts Judge's marketability because he's no longer that guy. He, I mean, he's no longer anymore. the only guy on the most popular team. He is one of, like you see, they, they basically got a carbon copy. They have two of them now. You're gonna Stan see a lot of Judge. you're gonna see a lot of tandem marketing opportunities now with Aaron Judge and Giancarlo Stan. You're gonna Brothers, see them doing I, a bunch of stuff. Yeah, yeah, and that's fine. Like like you said, Judge is never gonna say anything because he's too nice of a guy, and. Maybe he did. Do you think he maybe is saying, "Okay, right, cool. I don't need I don't need to be the guy anymore. I don't need all this pressure in my life. I mean, it seems like he doesn't really it doesn't affect him one way or the other. But I got to believe there's people in his ear. And he's also thinking about after what he saw last year and what he you know, what he did with all of that attention. There's there's got to be some part of him is like, you know, wait a minute. This is uh, this is this could potentially be something that's taken away from me. But at the same time, like this is a guy that's adding to the roster that's going to elevate the team, which in 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 retrospect will will also elevate them and make them a better uh, a team. And if he starts winning championships, like his legacy will be cemented. But he's got to win championships for that to happen. Okay, so what are the Yankees going to do with this outfield? Judge Stanton. Hicks, Gardner, Ellsbury, and Clint Frazier is still on the team as well. That's six, was that six outfielders for three spots? And obviously you have the DH spot, but something, some, something needs to budge here. Yeah. So we have, you know, 
it, it works out very nicely that the winter meetings start this week and Brian Cashman's going to be going in as like the lauded guy with a new five-year deal. He's going to go in as the GM of the year, just got Stanton for you know, a, a good deal, not giving up anybody. And he's going to say, hey guys, guess what? I got a whole bunch of prospects, a, a really crowded outfield. What do you guys want to give me? And I have a feeling that Brian Cashman is going to be going around and looking for pitching because I think that uh, a guy like Clint Frazier at this point, like, where's he going now? Where's he playing? Because I don't see a spot anymore. I tweeted out earlier today that I expect either Jacoby Ellsbury or Clint Frazier to be off the team. You're going to have to pay Jacoby Ellsbury to go away. They tried to get rid of him in this Stanton deal. (laughs) Jeter was not going to bail out the Yankees uh, like like that much. Okay, Jeter's Jeter's not stupid. Okay, he he was hamstrung by this. this whole situation, I think he handled it poorly. The whole Marlins handled it poorly, where they organized trades with the Cardinals and the Giants before they actually got an OK from Stanton to, that he would waive his no trade clause. And then when he nixed those deals to the Giants and the Cardinals, the Marlins are put into a now quarter. Now what do we do? Yeah. <clears throat> and then Stanton comes out and says, yeah, I'll approve a, a trade to the Yankees, the Astros, the Cubs or the Dodgers. The four teams who were in the championship series for their for their leagues last year. Stan, and then, I mean, Stan handled it perfectly. Stan, Stan handled it the best way to do it because he took back all the leverage. He got yeah. everything. He, he basically was a free agent at that point because now you're negotiating and you're determining where you're going to go. But the, it screwed the Marlins because totally. But the they Marlins screwed no themselves. Longer... Mar- you're right. The way you're saying it, they handled it. But I don't even yeah. think it's just for the way that they orchestrated those trades and had those in place before they got the okay from Stanton. But they made it so well known, even before the trades were there, that this is what we're doing. We're scalping the team. We're scalping the the payroll so that we can get under. Giancarlo Stanton's going to be traded. Like, it was the narrative for the past two weeks. That's fine, though. That's all fine, as long as you can have a handful of teams out there, more than four teams, bidding for a guy. here. Like, like I believe the deals they got from the Giants and the Cardinals were better as far as prospects go when, than what they got for, it was the money. from the Yankees. It was, yeah, it was, it was money and also that Stanton didn't want to okay the trade. But once Stanton says, I only want to go to these four teams, then the Marlins have a list of four teams they can contact. And the Yankees are sitting there saying, well, now we're in the driver's seat. We can make a lowball offer, lowball. We don't need to make uh, an over-the-top insane offer to get this guy. And that's exactly what Cashman did. A contingency of it all, though, for the Yankees was we need to shed payroll. We can't just take on Stanton and it's $295 million because we want to get under that luxury tax. So one of the major league players that was making big money had to go. That's why Castro is gone. You know, it's interesting the way it happened, too. I was calling uh, on Twitter. I'm calling Ca- or Cashman a wizard because I, I think the way that this guy does these these deals and how he manipulates the payroll is is just fascinating. And it's so high level. I mean, the way that they're doing it, too, you this this deal had to the only way this deal was going to happen in my opinion was that Cashman and the Yankees were still going to get under that threshold. That was such a priority, so that restarted, so that they had money that was opened up and they weren't wasting on on taxes, uh, the ta- the luxury tax that they were getting rid of. That was essential. If they couldn't do that, I don't think this deal would have been done. The way that it was restructured and the the thirty million, there's so many reports now about the how much money's out there and what that. So we'll, we'll Joel Sherman was repeating uh, was. Uh, tweeting and reporting on a lot of it. So we'll use his numbers for, for this conversation, but there was about 30 million that are, uh, that's going to be given back to uh, the, the Marlins are going to be given the Yankees so that they can offset that cost. And what that does is it, it knocks it down to about 22, $23 million per year for Stanton. That's exactly no, not, not per year. 
because his contract goes up later in the contract. For the but first for year, I'm sorry, for the luxury tax to get under for that threshold. 2018, yeah. yeah. And what it does is it basically is giving you what the Yankees last year paid for, for Matt Holliday and uh, Starling Castro. You're getting Gleyber Torres and Giancarlo Stanton. And they're, and they're still in a position to, to get under that tax threshold. Because when you remove A-Rod's numbers and yes. then remove – or if you – you're also getting CC off the books. And even if they re-sign CC, it's going to be lower for numbers. half – half or 60% of what he was making before. And, so and it is still possible to get under the, the 197 luxury tax number. And you, you got to believe that there's, I still think there's more moves going to be made. I think this was, yeah, I think this, this big move is going to definitely spur on other moves. I think things have to be done to make room obviously for money wise. And then just personnel wise, it's just, yeah. there's, there's a, there's something going on with the personnel. Like unless somebody is saying they're going to DH the majority of the time, which I, that I'd be surprised. Even- that doesn't even work because you have too many outfielders because that's what I'm saying. Like what if Stanton said, okay, I'll DH. What if he said, well, that? he's, he is saying he's, I mean, he is going to DH, but be the DH. Okay. But then you still have two backup outfielders. Well, you're talking about Clint Frazier still. Yeah. Clint I, mean, Frazier, I still think Clint Frazier is going to start off in triple a, even if Stanton wasn't here. We had it. We had this, we were having this conversation with what are the Yankees going to do to clear some room in the outfield before they even acquired Stan. I know. Like, and, and now, and now we have another, and now we have another guy. I mean, it's it's not a bad problem. It's a it's a good problem to have, but no, but it is a problem. It is and a problem. It's an issue. You, it's a, it's something that's going to be resolved. So the way I was sort of working it out in my head is that Judge is going to be the starting right fielder with Stanton as a a part time right fielder. Hicks will be the starting center fielder, and then Gardner can shift over from left to play backup center field. Gardner, if he's still on the team, will be the starting left fielder with Stanton as the backup left fielder, and Stanton as the starting DH. So Stanton will DH out of out of uh, seven days a week. He'll DH four of them and then play the outfield, either left field or right field three times. And then when he's in the field, you can move Judge or Gary Sanchez or somebody else to the DH spot. So it's going to sort of be like a rotating schedule where, yes, uh, if we're if we're putting Stanton at a position, it will be DH. But he's not going to be DHing 160 games a year. He'll DH 100 games a year, play the field 50, 60 games a year. You know, moving from moving G, moving Stanton from right field to left field, especially at Yankee Stadium, is not not a super easy task. I mean, left field is is not the easiest place to play at Yankee Stadium. And he's I was played left field plenty in his career. Has he? Because I thought I was saying that he, the majority of time he's been playing right field, all, all right field. I, I think he's. I'm gonna, I'm gonna look it up. Okay, because I think he's majority right field. I, I was watching MLB Network a, a couple hours ago, and they were talking about the both of these guys were were a lot right field. So I, I think there's going to be some interesting log jams when we're talking about the the positioning as far as them moving around. But um, we, the, if Hicks is is the starting center fielder, Gardner does have the flexibility to move around, and it's going to be good for all all of these guys, because honestly, at some point. Stanton and Judge and now Gardner, the way that they play and how big these these guys are, having uh, some time at DH is not a bad thing earlier in their career. It's really not. You're taking some leg. You're taking some uh, some load off of their legs. You're taking. You're, to me, you're extending their their health a, a bit so that they're not getting as much uh, playing time in the field and getting banked up. Because we saw what what happened at the end of the year with Judge running into the wall, had issues with his shoulder. These things are going to happen. Big dudes are going to get injured even more. He has never played one inning in left field. That's what I thought. So two two right fielders. Two right this fielders. Changes, this changes – this honest – how did I not know that? This changes my – I don't know if you can – I mean I think he could play. I think he's capable of it. It's not like 
going to both. It's not like going from right field to center field. Right field to left field, I think, is doable. Yeah, but left field to Yankee Stadium is not an easy place to play. It's just, it's, it's not. It's um, and it's different. There's a, there. Look, going from right field to, to left field too. There's totally different spins on the ball. It's a, it's a transition. There's no doubt. It's a, it's a, it's a significant transition. Okay, well, I'm confident he can do it. <laughs> okay, because it doesn't matter because he has to. Because he has to do it. Because the Yankee Cashman has put this roster in a position where they have a trillion outfielders and they all need to get playing time because they're all all-star caliber players. Yeah. Not all of them, I, but I, if Judge, we, Judge this, Stanton. This deal, like, I don't know why personally. Like, I, I would be totally fine and love if Stanton were just a DH. Why don't we just make him the DH? Why not? And then, and then he be, can go into right field occasionally when Judge needs a day off or when Judge is the DH. Why can't we make Mike – I would keep calling him Mike. Why can't Giancarlo Stanton be the Stick designated hitter? Stick to Stanton. He can, <laughs> and, and maybe he will be. But, but I, I do think that the, that the Yankees want to utilize that DH spot to also get Judge in there more, get Sanchez in there more, Bird. Like, you still have value in that DH spot by giving guys half days off, especially Judge. We've talked about this a lot where Judge, his body is going to wear down. Like you need to get him some DH time. And that works out beautifully because Stanton can play right field. It's so not going to be a platoon, they, but it's going to be. They can, I know, but he can slot in there when Judge does need to go out and 80, take 20? a day off. Maybe, I don't know. If he could play left field, that makes things a hell of a lot easier. But that's right now a big if. It's a, it's a big circled if. We've seen how some guys have gone to the outfield uh, from, from different spots and just not uh, played as well. It's just it's going to be something that we'll have to look at in spring training, how he's getting, when he's getting the reps, where he's getting the reps. It's going to be one of those things that we're, we're definitely going to have to circle. So I, I think yeah, Ellsbury, you're going to have to pay him to go away. If, if, if Ellsbury's not on this team next year, you're gonna, the Yankees are going to have to put him on waivers. No one's going to pick him up. And then they're going to basically cut him, and he can go sign wherever he wants, but they're going to have to pay 100% of his contract. I think that is the only way they're going to get rid of him. Yeah, they have to. And, and the reason is, well, the, he's got a no-trade clause as well, so you can't get rid of him to a place that he doesn't want to go. Um, it, like uh, there were talks about that if he did go to the Marlins, the Marlins would potentially cut him and then he would have a choice to go somewhere. That didn't happen. Obviously they didn't want to take on the money. This is going to be, uh, he's going to be the, the elephant in the room the entire time, or he's just going to sit there and he's going to be taking up a, a spot doing nothing. He's going to be a pinch runner. Like he was at the end of the year. He's a, he's going to be a ridiculously overpaid pinch runner. And he's not even that great runner anymore. It's like his, his legs, his best asset are, are, are depleting. It's, it's, they're going away. So, so what is he now? He's not, and he's not even a defensive replacement because he has no arm. He's got no arm. Yeah, exactly. He's like Johnny Damon out there throwing the ball. This th- he's a problem, and to me, like I was talking about before, like even before Stanton was a was a, a thing, and he was on the Yankees, and he was talked about being uh, traded for. I still wanted them to just get rid of Ellsbury and just call it bad debt. Get rid of it. You're paying him anyway. Is it worse that he's off the team, or is it worse that he's on the team? I'd argue that he's wor- like an A Rod. It's an A Rod situation. Exactly. Not that Ellsbury not, not is as much, but he, well, Ellsbury is not a circus like A Rod. He's not a lightning still, rod. Yeah, he's still taking up a valuable roster spot. Yeah. Oh, no doubt. That's the thing. So is it worse to have him gone? You're paying well, either way. If you trade Clint Frazier for some pitching, which I think is now totally in play, then I don't see them getting rid of Ellsbury because he's insurance if someone goes down with an injury and he's a fourth outfielder, like you said, pinch runner, plays once or twice a week. It's expensive, but that's what he will be. But if they don't trade Clint Frazier, then you just have a, a, a guy who's ready for the majors playing in the minors and you can't have that. 
it's also a guy that's that's ready for the majors that won't play very often in the in the majors. So do you want him to be getting full time reps and playing every day, improving his craft in AAA, or sitting on the bench as a fourth outfielder, not getting much spot because there's so much rotation that's happening? Yeah, you know, fourth or fifth, he'd be a fifth outfielder even. Like I don't know what you do with him at that yeah, point. Yeah, as we're talking through this, they they pretty much are they have to have trade him. to trade Clint Frazier. Yeah, and and that that's that sucks in a sense because we were excited about Frazier, um, but but they just got Giancarlo Stanton. Like, shit happens. When you're looking at the Stanton deal too, and you're talking about like everybody's like, oh, it's a ten year deal. You're gonna be paying all this amount of money. Uh, what is it? Two hundred ninety five million dollars for him. So one of the big reasons, obviously, they're going under the threshold was for the big free agent class coming next year, and those are the guys of Machado and Bryce Harper. Okay, so just think about that for a second. We got one of those guys basically a year earlier and about a hundred million dollars cheaper. That's what happened because well, yeah, Bryce Harper is going to what four hundred million? They're talking. I mean, the numbers were stupid, like five hundred. But but go back down to three fifty, four hundred. I think that's very very feasible. I think that's probably going to three fifty. Fine, three fifty. You're you're getting him at a discount. Ten year, ten year, three fifty. It's going to be about that. So you're looking at a guy you're getting a year earlier. You don't have to. There's no bidding war for it. Older. He's a little older. How much? Not not a couple of years. How old's Harper? Twenty. Actually, he's really young, isn't he? He's like twenty four, twenty three, twenty four. Anyway, he's young, so you're getting an you're getting an older guy, um, but you know that's a it's it's something to consider. They're doing it a year earlier now too, and it's, with a Yankees team that's ready to win right now. Harper's 25, so he'll be 26 when he's a free agent. So two years. Well, that is significant because you're gonna if you're paying a guy, they're gonna be paying Stanton until he's 38 years old. But they're ready to win now, so they're worried about right sure. now, right now. Sure. Um, <laughs> when is then you- now? Just let's now. talk about let's talk about the contract real quick. We've sort of already touched on a little bit, but uh, obviously the Marlins are going to be eating thirty million of it. Stan has an opt out clause after twenty twenty. Uh, he can opt out after that season. That's his age thirty season. After that, he's his money actually goes up twenty nine million a year for a couple years, then thirty two million dollars a year, and then all the way down in twenty twenty eight. Twenty twenty eight. That sounds like a fake date. Twenty twenty eight. The Yankees will have a decision where they could pick up an option or they could buy him out for ten million. So I don't I honestly don't see Stanton walking away from all that cash in his 30s. It's a lot of money and there's a lot of time between now and then to see what happens with him. Um, but he could put up some very gaudy numbers at Yankee Stadium. There's the, he could actually improve his value if you look at who he's hitting around. Um, and it's not to say who knows where the market is in that point at that point in two years to see where you know how much money he get. I think next year will dictate quite a bit. Next year's free agent class will dictate what is going to be, um, you know, projected for what Stanton could get in 2020. And I think with when he sees those numbers and they're getting, you know, more than what he would get for the duration of his contract, then you're then you're potentially looking at him opting out. But I think a lot will be told, a lot will be said next year when those uh, when those contracts are finalized. And this is also a guy with injury history. Last year was his first like really fully healthy breakout season. Yeah, and he was he was a beast. Right. So, but it, 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 this is a guy that has not been healthy his whole career. Yeah, I mean, it's one of those considerations. Everybody, they're talking about the physical has still has to happen and all that. I mean, this is these are things that have to happen still. Um, I don't see any problem with that. I don't think someone was talking about like a freaking football injury from high school. Seriously, this <laughs> this guy's gonna pass the physical. He's gonna get yeah. it. And hey, if he's at DH, I like it even better because he's protecting sure. himself a little bit more. 
Um, can you though imagine if he opts out after his 2020 after the 2020 season? The Yankees get him for three years. He puts up his 150 home runs in three years. Yankees maybe win a championship. Brian Cashman says, "Thank you very much, Giancarlo. Go on your way to free agency. Peace." I yeah. mean, that is that is the ideal situation, I think, right now. Oh, no doubt. Because if you think about what's going to be potentially going on in two years, you're getting a lot of our our uh, guys who were rookies last year, who were second year guys. These guys are really going to be hitting their stride at that point. And you you have that bat. You're not going to be paying for it at that point because contracts for um, Judge and Sanchez, those are going to be starting to be talked about at that point. They're going to have to be extended, uh, you know, once their once their rookie deals are up. So that's a that's a big deal. I mean, think about how much money is going to be on their books if Stanton does not opt out. He's still there. And then they have to go and like, oh, we got to go. We have to go resign Judge mm-hmm. and Sanchez. <laughs> yep. And, Severino. And Severino. And all like we're looking at all like, of these Gliber Torres, like all these DD. There's a lot of very good players on this team that will be on their next payday looking for a ton of money. Yeah. Bird. Bird. Yeah. Well, can we get through a couple of weeks, please? <laughs> um, the couple of fun numbers that I saw being thrown around on Twitter. Judge Sanchez and DD. Um, uh, excuse me. Judge Sanchez, DD and Stan out homered like three quarters of the teams in baseball last year, including the Red Sox. It's it's I don't even know what to say. There's not even Sick. words to speak about how many home runs are going to be hit at Yankee Sick. Stadium. You thought the the uh, the advantage at at home was good last year. Like now we got another guy who hits 50 to 60 home runs. Like, they're going to be scoring average eight to 12 runs a game at Yankee Stadium. <laughs> oh, at Yankee Stadium. Yeah, at Yankee Stadium. I mean, yeah. it's going to be it's going to be stupid. The, uh, they're and even gonna if they're be not selling scoring, tickets to the freaking batting practice, even if it's. Yeah. Even if they're not scoring, the the just gauntlet of a lineup that opposing pitchers are going to have to deal with, where you're having tough at bats one through nine, that that shortens that shortens starts for opposing teams that gets into the bullpen early. So even when you're not scoring, just having to go through Judge, Sanchez, uh, Stanton, Didi, Bird, that mental grind of a starting pitcher, like that is almost unquantifiable on, on how much how much value that's going to bring to the Yankees season next year. Yeah, that's a lot. There's going to be there's going to be a, a a different mindset I think when you're coming into Yankee Stadium now with the with the bats that are in the middle of that lineup. There's mm-hmm. there's nowhere to wait. You can't you can't take a guy off, you can't take a pitch off. The amount of mental pressure on the starting pitchers now is um I mean I, you, you got to believe that they're going to want to get up for that game, but but damn. I mean, I think uh, Marcus Stroman was tweeting about he about did. how he's saying he put out a brave give me the, give, bring on the competition. I live, brave for, tweet. I live yeah. for the biggest competition. All right, Stroman. <clears throat> because Yankees open the season in Toronto, so Stroman's going to be on the bump uh, opening up against all those that gauntlet of a lineup. Good luck, yeah. bud. Yeah, exactly. There's there's a lot of guys that are, are swallowing right now a little bit deeper. You know, um, do you so the Yankees are acquiring the National League home run king. Do you remember the last time the Yankees acquired the National League home run king? Oh God, I forgot about that. One year ago, Chris One Carter. One year ago, yeah, back-to-back NL home run kings on the Yankees. Yeah, Chris Carter. This one goes a little better. Damn, I didn't. Even, I forgot about that. Yeah, that's that's a that's a strange stat. What are the uh, when's the last time a, a team did that? Probably not very often. And the other guy was cut. <laughs> we uh we talked about um Judge when he was going through his injury shoulder injury this season and we were just saying like why isn't he keeping his shoulder closed like look at Stanton he's sort of the model with the closed stance now those guys are going to be in the same locker room watching the same video they're going to be bad in batting practice back to back um 
we talked about sort of does is Judge angry that he, he's got, or angry upset that the spotlight is no longer solely on him. But what about the fact that these guys can feed off one another? They're the same body type. They're the same. They're, they're the same approach at the plate. Let's hit the ball to center field to right field because we have power where we can hit it to the moon. So it doesn't matter if we go to center field. That's going to be awesome as well. Uh, yeah, I think there's going to be a lot of takeaways that each other, the two of those guys can can kind of feed off of each other mechanically as well because you're right. They have very similar swings. I think Stanton really did a lot of different stuff with his swing this year. He was a lot more closed off. His hands were inside the ball like really, really well. And and Judge, when he was when he was struggling, it seemed like he was you know out and uh, and trying to pull the ball too much and out on his uh, his front foot a little early. So I think these guys will definitely help each other out. I think it's going to be an interesting dynamic. They could take over the world. The two of these guys, they could take over the world. And we may see we may see. I've heard people talking about Mantle and Maris with uh, you know reliving that. That's what we could be seeing. Like two guys vying for a home run title. I mean, throw Sanchez in that mix too, because he, if he didn't miss a month, he would have been up there as far as the home runs. Like these guys are going to put up unbelievably prolific numbers. I believe Sanchez judge and Stanton had the three longest home runs in 20, uh, 2017. Oh, God. it's insane. It's insane. I hope everybody is, is, is like, just turning the turning off the negativity about this trade. Get over it. It's it's it, one. Right, so it's it's happening. What, Who cares? It's not your money. It's not your money. All all you get to do is watch this happen, and we get to watch this happen. This is the team we watch every day. Now we get to watch Giancarlo Stanton in the mix of the the team that we had last year. I, I mean, get it. Though. Come on. I get it. When because the Yankees have been going in a certain direction the last year and a half, where they're focusing on the minor league system, they're reducing payroll. They're not going after these just flashy big names with the huge contracts because that is counterproductive. And Cashman has really stuck to that. And it, look where it got them. It got them to game seven of the ALCS. And then boom, as soon as there's a Giancarlo Stanton on, out there on the trade hook that he's dangling in front of Cashman, he says, gimme, gimme, gimme. He can't say no. Just like what happened in 2004 with A-Rod. So I get why fans are upset. It totally makes sense. It's a very different situation than what happened though with A-Rod because this was something that fell into his lap. It's not like they were looking out. So did A-Rod. Going, so did A-Rod. Kind of. A-Rod was a, a, a different story in that sense though. No, there, A-Rod was going to Boston and then that deal fell through and then the the Rangers had to trade him because they had already traded him to Boston. Then they do this whole bullshit thing where they name him team captain and then a week later he's traded to the Bronx. <laughs> like he had to be traded. Cashman went to him and said – what what do you what do I have to do to get get a rod from off your hands? And they paid ten million of his contract, ten million a year. The Rangers were paying a rod in those first few seasons. Yeah, they did they did pick up a good chunk of that. It's That's a huge chunk. It's Brian Cashman. We've always talked about how he does things and how he strikes when when no one else is looking, or he's going after a guy that maybe had a down year but ended the season well, kind of like what he did with Castro at the end of that one year. He does this where he's in the weeds, waiting, 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 and then he just strikes. And when he's ready to go, when an opportunity comes, he doesn't really let it go. And we're seeing what happened this time. He took advantage of it. I think it's a great deal. We'll see how it plays out. Obviously, in in you know the the end of that contract, I'm going to be complaining about the contract and like why are we still paying this guy and rolling him out there. But hopefully, hopefully, we have a couple titles under our belt and we can look back and say, okay, well, this is what happened. He he earned it at that point. This team succeeded at this point, and and they did what they had to do because that's the only expectation now is a World Series. Right. If you if you win multiple championships, you can swallow the back end of the contract and not be so pissed off. The reason why I think a lot of fans were angry about all the expiring contracts was we only had 
one championship, the 2009 championship of all those big name free agents. I mean, that was a great season, but we kind of felt like we didn't get the most out of that team. Right. And I, I think we're a little different story in the sense that we have a lot of guys that are just coming into their own right now. It's a yeah. different team makeup. So this team is like, is ready to go right now and on the cusp of doing very good things. Whereas you had some aging guys on those other teams and, and it's, it's a different feel in the clubhouse. Uh, final thing is just, uh, did you see Didi's tweet where he, yes. he tweeted at Boone saying, Hey, Skip, am I still going to be batting fourth with the rock? Like I raised tweet. Right, right, right. Uh, I love Didi. That's the reason why Didi's one of our favorite players because he has that personality but now you bring in Stanton, who's also one of the most marketable and personable players. Like this team is going to be so much freaking fun to watch yeah. and follow. No doubt. There's, I mean, you, you bring a guy like Boone in too, he's going to keep a very loose clubhouse. Um, Didi, who's, I mean, never, he doesn't seem like he's ever serious unless there's uh, a huge clutch situation and then he locks in. But the rest of the time, it's just, you know, foot loose and I'm having fun playing baseball with my boys. And that's, that's the vibe that's going to happen. It's a very good time to be a Yankee fan. It's a lot of. It's going to be a lot of fun to watch this team. I mean, there's, there's no other way <laughs> someone, to say it. Someone tweeted me and he goes, "Can you believe 18 months ago you guys were talking about on the podcast how Ref Snyder needs more playing time?" Yeah, I know. <laughs> he was the number one prospect in the system. He was like the guy ready to come up, and and now it's. I mean, what a different world. What a different world. And it's yeah. all Cashman. All Cashman. Mm-hmm. All right, guys, so here's the deal. This is half the podcast. We have a lot of other stuff to talk about. We got to go through the entire Aaron Boone press conference because, believe it or not, Boone was announced as Yankees manager like less than a week ago. <laughs> um, just so much news going on. So we're going to get to all that. We have a ton of mailbags to also discuss. And also Otani, he signed with the Angels. What, is, Who? what does that mean? Who cares? So we're going to get into <laughs> that too. So we're going to – Scott and I are going to record that on Sunday afternoon. That will be audio only. But you'll get a compilation of what we just did, plus all of the stuff we're going to talk about on Sunday on Monday's regular show. Sound good? That's it. So for people on Facebook, too, the the podcast is available in iTunes on pretty much anywhere you get your podcast. If you go to iTunes, the Yankee or the uh, Apple podcast and just search for Yankees, you'll see us. We're the number one spot in there. And uh, give us a, a subscribe and download to listen to the whole show. We, in the off season, we release once a week, usually on Monday releases. And then during the season, we do two shows a week, Monday and Wednesdays. So it's going to be a fun year. We're going to be doing this a lot more, doing live yeah, video. video. And, and we're going to be bringing people on. We have the ability to, uh, to bring video callers on too. So we're going to be mixing that into the show so we can get a lot of you guys onto the show and hang out and do some more Yankees, uh, Yankees chatting about. So pumped and up. And shout out to us. Shout out to us for actually doing the video this week. Yeah, we actually recorded the video. This is this is good. I think we've recorded the video. I don't even know if it's working. It's on or not. Facebook. It's on Facebook Live, so that's good enough. Yeah. All right, guys. Thanks everyone for joining and uh, exciting times to be a Yankees fan. Let's go. So one thing that I feel like Scott we did not do on the the Facebook Live episode of the podcast was give Castro a final send off. He was here for two years. It was a fun two years. He was the guy that came in after the black hole that was second base with Stephen Drew and, um, oh God, Brian Roberts. And he was actually an all-star player. He comes in here and Cashman gets him for what we thought was a great deal, and it was, and he played well for the Yankees. And he sort of made that position relevant for them on the field again. But now he's heading to Miami. So the question really is, how are you going to remember our boy Starlin? First of all, I feel bad for the dude because he's getting, he got shipped out of Chicago right before they won a world series. He's getting shipped out of New York right before they're like on the cusp of doing something very good. So I have a little bit of sympathy for the guy because 
it seems like he's just uh he's he's the one that, that, that keeps getting sent around and I don't think he's going to end up in in Miami. I think he's going to get dealt before he even puts their uniform on. Uh, they're going to try to get rid of that contract. So he's going to be somewhere else most likely. Uh, hopefully he has an opportunity to to play every day and do some do some good. I I've always always a Sterling Castro fan. I like him. I like the way he plays. Um, I was excited when he came over. I got really not much to bad to say about him. I, I know people uh, crap on him because he he really didn't have a great postseason and the swinging and missing at the outside breaking ball was painful to watch sometimes. But that's what you get when you get a free swinger like this. The dude hit for average. He was an all star. He was a good player. He was a very solid player, and I think the playoffs are what people are going to remember um, because it's the last thing that we've seen of him. And you're right. He was swinging at everything. And uh, I think that was just getting on people's nerves. Do you think that's a reason why the Yankees decided to move on for him? Or do you think it's more in the sense that they just needed to offload some money and they have some young players coming through that can push him out of a position? Yeah, well, I think it was that too. But I also think it was uh, it was the Miami looking at who was available uh, for... so. The two options, most likely, or three options if you include Ellsbury, which sounded like it was off the table before it was on the table, were were Headley and Castro. And what are you going to get a better return for? Castro, you're going to get a better return because Castro's a younger, better player than Chase Headley. So I I think Miami really was was agreeing to that as well because they know that they could flip him for something else as well and get rid of that contract before it even hits their books. So I think a lot of that was part of the consideration. Um, So I think that's why his name was up there. But yeah, I mean, the we know what the Yankees have with uh, Glaber Torres coming up. Um, there's even Tyler Wade. If you if, if you're going to give him a shot in spring training, there's options right now in the middle infield, and Castro was expendable. Uh, I, I just don't think he deserves a lot of the criticism that he is getting right now because I think he was a very good player. Yeah, agree. Um, so and, there's also a two, and he was my first interview. When I went to the, oh, the uh, winter, winter warm-up, warm-up. he was yeah. uh, when I asked the question uh, at, at the uh, uh, at that little press conference thing. He was my first question ever to a Yankees player in person, and he answered it. Mm. So he'll always have a special place in my heart. Yeah, you popped your cherry with Starlin Castro. I did. <laughs> There's also a two o'clock press conference scheduled for Monday, uh, probably pretty soon as you guys are listening to this podcast right now. Obviously, to introduce Stanton as a Yankee. Um, and there was also some rumors, uh, confirmed or unconfirmed, that he was in the building on Friday, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. They're confirmed. I, I heard that on Friday, and uh, I started doing some digging. And the the whole thing. So the the timeline of this whole, like when it came out, is very interesting because he was he was there on Friday. Uh, so to me, when I'm when I'm thinking that, I'm like, why is he there? He's probably there to take a physical, do some final meetings. Sounds like a deal is done at this point. At least the framework of a deal was already done. I I, I believe that. Um, you saw Jim Laritz tweet something out early in that in the afternoon that it was a done deal. I actually got a hold of him and was just talking to him about the where he was hearing things and what he was hearing. So it sounded like this deal was already done even before all these media had the media had leaked it uh, and, and started talking more about it. It sounds like Brian Cashman was just like feeding the fish basically like a little bit of a time like here, well, here, here, this is, uh, this is what's involved or, or, um, you know, maybe we'll include a couple minor leaguers or exactly. That was it. It was, it was fine. It was crossing the T's and dotting the I's on who the minor league players were actually going to be. And then what was the money that the Marlins were going to pick up? And it ended up being 30 million as we got into all of that, um, on the, the first part of this podcast. So I think it was just small details that needed to be worked out. Uh, but that's why when we went to bed on Friday night, I guess I should have known that this was closer to happening than what I really thought. 
Yeah, because usually when you you know how Cashman works, he doesn't leak. Things don't get leaked very often from the Yankees front office unless they want it unless to happen. They want it to be leaked. Yep. Exactly. So, and that, that's what I believe. I, I really believe looking looking at this timeline, what happened was was exactly that. You know, maybe there were some some, some final details. He was probably there to do his, uh, his physical and meet with the team, meet with Boone. Because if you saw the pictures, Boone was at their company party. The Yankees had a company party for yeah. the entire staff that they uh, were sending Instagram p- uh, pictures about too. Aaron Boone was in the building. He was there. He said something to everybody. So why was he there also? Why was he in New York? He's having meetings. Stanton was there. They were obviously meeting as well. So I think this deal was 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 already done at that point. Stanton had already said, I think, before they even really got into this, that he would accept the trade. Um, so I don't think uh, I don't think Cashman really would have gone down the rabbit hole and, and you know started talking dollars and cents if if Stanton hadn't already you know, said he would waive it. And we had heard that earlier, actually. I think we heard that, what, Wednesday or Thursday, that he said he would waive it to a, a number of teams. So it's 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 interesting how this whole thing went down. It definitely is. Uh, I love hearing about how, like, all the back, uh, you know, the back room deals get done. It's, it's fascinating to me. So um, what do you think... What do you think our Aaron Boone is thinking right now? Because a week ago, he was an ESPN employee. And now he's the manager of the New York Yankees and... It's a team that is now World Series or bust because they just added the National League MVP to a team that had the American League MVP runner up, plus all these other of uh, other uh, young kids, not to mention, you know, Bird Sanchez go down the list. I mean, this team is going to be the favorite in the American League next season. Aaron Boone (laughs) went from ESPN booth to that in a matter of a week and a half. Yeah, I mean, I think before even they got Stanton that he was going to the Yankees were going to be. The expectations are World Series or bust at this point. I mean, they're one game away. I mean, I still think that Houston's going to be the favorite next year, but you go into the season with Stanton now. Obviously, you're you're another player better, ready to go. But uh, the expectations are there. I, I think that I, I think that Boone got just another another piece of cake added to his plate because the guy inherited a ridiculous young team already, and now you're getting the National League home run champion and MVP. So. It doesn't get much better. Like it's good to be Aaron Boone right now. It's really good to be Aaron Boone. The guy is freaking has like a, a an awesome life with a family, a great family. He married a freaking play a playboy playmate. He's the manager of the New York Yankees on an already ridiculous team. Then he gets Giancarlo Stanton. I mean, literally, who's better to be right now than Aaron Boone? Not many people. The Yankees. Uh, don't you agree? Last year, twenty seventeen, around baseball, they were liked. Maybe not in Boston. Not. For Mets fans, the, ALEs fans, the but Yankees? The, Yankee, the Yankees in general were a liked team last year. Yeah, because they were having fun and they were young. They weren't. They weren't right. Uh, exactly. They weren't a, a group of hired assassins. Exactly. That's no longer the case. But now, now, <laughs> now, now we've you got bring the in the reigning, assassin. <laughs> yeah, you bring in that 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 gigantic human Giancarlo Stanton to go with the gigantic human Aaron Judge. It's no longer the lovable underdog Yankees. These guys are menacing. No one's going to like the Yankees anymore, and that's exactly how we want it to be. Yeah, and you know that was going to happen, I think. Anyway, I just this just moves it a little uh, accelerated a little the pace. Accelerated the pace exactly because as they got good, they weren't rookies any longer uh, after last year, and you know they're going to start getting good, and they're going to get a, Aaron Judge will probably talk a little bit more. He's not going to be as reserved as he was his rookie year, most likely. But yeah, they're they're going to be uh, hated around the league. That's fine. Good. Judge uh, tweeted out the the clip from Step Brothers to Stanton. Did we just become best friends? And I also got a little tear in my eye because that was Castro and Didi's thing. And now yeah. that Castro's gone, I guess the new best friends are Stanton and Judge. 
Yeah, it was a little bit of a... It was a great tweet. A little sad because of Starling Castro and Didi. They had such a little bromance going, and now that's over. Yes, because we had talked yesterday about is Judge going to be like he's overshadowed. Um, so so far, if we want to call it so far on Twitter, he's handling it well. He had to do something like that. Well, I, I'm surprised he actually did it that early, to tell you the truth. Because the Before Yankees it was haven't, officially announced. Yeah. Oh, yeah, and the Yankees <laughs> haven't said anything. The Yankees really haven't tweeted anything, I think, since but Friday. Fine. They could be best friends even if he's still on the Marlins or if he goes to the Dodgers or whatever, like or anything like that. Right. That, that's exactly what it would meant. But uh, <laughs> So that, that just leads me to believe even more that this deal was so freaking done on Friday. Yeah. Um, let's talk about the Boone press conference. So it was announced that his contract is for three years with an option for the fourth year with a total of $4 million. So Yankees are saving a little bit of cash on their manager this year, even though they're spending more of it on the field. Uh, some takeaways from the Boone press conference. He said that especially during the playoffs, the game started calling to him again. And that's why he really wanted to get back involved. And he said that it just worked out that he's going to be managing, but he wanted to do something more than just calling games from the booth because he just felt that pull. Yeah, it's, it's pretty obvious that he was looking for something more. You know, like you could tell, first of all, when you're looking at him talking about what he's, you know, the new job coming up, it just, you can see the conviction in his eyes. You can see the way he talks. He's like dead serious, like, like ready to go. He was almost like, like super amped up. Um, and, and I, I don't know, that, that fired me up because I could tell that he was really excited to just get in the weeds and start going and, and really and really start working hard uh, and excited, so excited for this job. So I, it's very obvious that he wanted something more, that he, he wasn't getting everything he needed from being in the booth. And he's a baseball guy. He grew up a baseball guy. His whole family are baseball people. Like, this is what, it's in his blood, basically. We heard his that so many times. Everyone was talking about that from Steinbrenner to Cashman to Lon Tross to Randy Levine. Everyone was talking about how he's a baseball guy from a baseball family. Well, and it's true. I mean, that you you live and breathe. Baseball. But that's all they were saying about him. But that's because you can't say because there, he has no experience. So that's sort of the experience they were falling back on is the fact that he is a baseball man. It's true. <laughs> he was Mr. He baseball. baseball. He's, he's Mr. Baseball in America. But the. The fact that his dad also has some has managerial experience too. You know they're having a ton of conversations about that. He's going to have uh, the, him as a first of all. I think who asked it? Michael K. Somebody asked in the after the press conference and they're interviewing if he's cons- uh, considering his father for a coaching staff job. Come on, like, please. <laughs> Wait, has there ever been a father son manager? A, co- has there ever been that? I don't think so. I know Griffey and Griffey played together on the Mariners at one point. Hit a home run in the same inning. Yeah. So. I don't think I don't know if there has been a manager coach duo of father son. There might maybe a Ripken, maybe a I don't know if um, Cal Ripken Senior was there when Billy Ripken was in it. Maybe I don't know. I'm totally totally pulling stuff out of my ass at this point. But um, you know it was a dumb question. But the fact that uh, he he does have that <laughs> he does have that that to lean on. He's got his dad who was in the bigs as a coach as a player. There's a lot of knowledge within the Boone family to uh, to lean on. The experience was asked by a lot of the reporters in that press conference. Um, I, br- I believe Hoke asked, uh, "Is it important for your bench, co- yeah, for your bench coach uh, guy to have a lot of experience?" And Boone said, "No, he just wants smart people in the room. He doesn't necessarily require experience for that job." Yeah, and that's you know, he look, he's going on his. If he's qualified to be the manager, then why does the coaching staff have to have a qualification that he doesn't have? I, I don't think he would answer that question in any other way. I don't think he's going to say, yeah, I have to have this because I'm lacking it. That, to me, would say I don't have confidence in myself. 
Like, you know, he's going to go and who he thinks is the best, who's the smart guy out there and who will work well with him and, and kind of, and have that, that clubhouse um, rapport the way he wants it. That's all going to be very important. So there's, I, I don't think, and to me, honestly, when they're asking him that question and he's giving you that answer also, I, I feel like he's already got people in mind. They've, he's already said they've started the, the process of, of hire or of uh, interviewing and looking at coaching staff. So, you know, he's got people in mind and I guarantee he's got someone circled for his bench coach. I, probably, uh, although that's what we thought about Brian Cashman and that wasn't the case. Maybe that wasn't the case. I still don't believe that. I still believe because there was something actually said uh, during this whole process, too, was that um, there was when I forget even who was talking about it. But they were saying that a lot of people when Cashman was going through this process or even before could have been before mentioned Boone's name and said that they should interview him. I don't know when that was actually happening, but apparently a lot of people were going up to him and saying that. So after the season, I heard that exact same. I don't know if it was after the season. There was there was no timeline ever uh, ever uh, uh, associated with that. It could have well, happened at before. Least, but Cashman, the way he phrased it was that he didn't start thinking about a manager until after he made the decision to not bring jo- uh, Joe Girardi back. Yeah, it did sound like he was saying that. But I have a feeling that Aaron Boone. So is he blowing smoke up everyone's ass? Is he, he, very is well he, is he just sparing Girardi? Uh, Girardi's yeah. uh, public persona for that? For that, I don't know. Well, he could also just be hiding his ways. He's a freaking ninja wizard. You know why would you? <laughs> why would you tell everybody what you do and how you do it? It has been a remarkable run for Cashman, hasn't yeah. it? Since yes. the trade deadline 2016, think about what what this team has done since that 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 August or so that July 31st day in 2016 to now. That's 18 months. Just a total complete overhaul of the entire organization from from laughing stock irrelevance, not irrelevance because the Yankees will never be irrelevant, but but kind of like a joke like oh, the Yankees are going to suck for a couple years. Their future was irrelevant. Their future was, Their future very was much in doubt. Yeah. And and we had a couple of prospects like Aaron Judge and Gary Sanchez, but they were so unknown and no one had confidence in the pro That was the biggest thing. No one had confidence in Yankee prospects because no one had hit in a long ass time. That was one of the big problems. I mean, literally, Ref Steiner was one of the top prospects at, at, at one point, and he was coming up, and we're all like, "Yes, the." Um, <laughs> that's why I got so pumped up about Ref Steiner because he was the guy. He was like, "I needed him. I needed him to be good." Yeah, he was squaring the ball up in, in AAA. Yeah. That was more than we could say about a lot of. Players. I got emotionally invested in that. I got a little too deep. Got emotionally invested because I you needed took it a, guy. a little too far. You stalked him. You stalked him hard. I needed a guy to come up from the system to be that next guy. I, just, I, I was I was yearning for. I needed it. I absolutely needed it, and. It, it, it eventually happened, not him, but it eventually happened with other guys. But yeah, the overhaul that he did, I mean, the Yankees were in such a point where they had horrible contracts. Everybody was old. They were Their skills were deteriorating. There was We had random-ass people on the team. Vernon Wells, freaking Brian Roberts, like just a bunch of... Kevin Euclid was on this goddamn team in the last five years. Like there's, there's just random heads that were on this team that did not belong on this team. And then all of a sudden, blink of a freaking snap your fingers and Brian Cashman turns like five people into gold like just it's unbelievable what he did a couple of other takeaways i had from the boone press conference one was that he said that he's not a guy that's going to chase wins every day and i immediately thought of girardi and how burnout factor with girardi was one of the biggest criticisms he had um that people had on him and also the fact that boone said his biggest impact will be in the clubhouse mentoring the young kids bring making sure that they're a cohesive unit and he actually mentioned Gary Sanchez by name, and I thought that might be another shot at Joe Girardi. Well, I mean, there was a lot of talk, too, about about how maybe Girardi was uh, not as hard on Sanchez, which was which was a little confusing for me because, it, to me, I'm looking at it, I'm like, you know, this is a, a guy, maybe he's uh, he, he needs to 
not not be hard on him, but just almost take him under his wing. It was like it was such a perfect situation as a catcher that the guy was having issues as a catcher. It seemed like it could they could have had a very good relationship, and it just it, it sounds like it never really came to fruition. But um, one of the big things that Boone kept talking about was having a chance to impact young players. He kept mentioning that over and over again. And, you know, he obviously sees that these guys have a ton of potential, that there's a very, very bright future in front of them. And he thinks that he's the guy who can get the most out of them. And to me, that's one of the biggest, that's one of the biggest skills and needs of a manager is for, for a manager to get the, uh, the ability and to get the most out of each individual player, because each individual player is a unique person and they flourish in different ways. And for a guy to know how to do that, is a very unique skill. And I, and I think Boone does have that skill. One guy that had that skill in the minor leagues was Al Padrique. So I thought maybe even though Padrique was not considered for the managerial job, maybe they would interview him for the bench coaching job because he has that actual managing experience and experience with all these young kids on the team. But he took a job in, in uh, Oakland for their first base coach. And I actually do consider that a loss for the organization. People may po- might uh, poo-poo that saying, well, you're losing a a triple-A manager who really gives a crap. But he did really well with those kids. He did do really well. And I was really surprised that they didn't give him, one, a look for manager, even if he wasn't considered that, you know, if Cashman were to have brought him in and say, we're going different directions for manager, but we want to keep you in the organization. You're an important asset in this organization. You've done these, done a lot of really good work with these kids. You could be an asset on the major league level. Like I, I don't know why that he took a first first base coaching job. He didn't take a bench coach job. He took a a, a, a job coaching first base. Is that first better base, than coaching? Base, in tr- no, first base coach goes into a goddamn <laughs> thing. They take the freaking batting gloves and they they smack a guy in the ass and say good eye. Like right. that's what they do. There's the, but there's, you're in the majors. There's uh, you're in the majors. There's really just I don't. Okay, that's that, a big difference. No, I know. But you're, what I'm saying is, my point is, is that like they couldn't find a job like that. Like even if it wasn't first or third base, like some kind of a a, a job in, in in the major leagues or somewhere in the system to say like we want to keep you around. I don't know. I feel like they're losing a guy like that. It would have been a it would have been a good it would have been a good addition to the coaching staff even. So the fact that he's going out to Oakland to be the first base coach kind of might lend some credence to the fact that maybe he's upset at the Yankees and holds a little bit of a grudge. I saw that on Twitter from somebody, uh, some reporter saying that um, Pedrique was a little upset that he was not even considered for the, for, for the uh, manager job. And then he's, now he's going to Oakland. Obviously, Billy Bean and, and Brian Cashman have this gigantic rivalry. So that's maybe why he's sticking it to Brian Cashman. <laughs> yeah. Billy Bean really got one there. He got a first base coach. The, yeah, uh, Brian Cashman gets Hall Sonny Gray. Hall of Fame. Brian, yeah, Cashman gets Sonny Gray. Uh, Pedri- uh, Bean gets Patrick Yeah. Oh, yeah. He's going to put that one right on his resume. The Look, there, there's two guys that... That's in Moneyball, too. <laughs> two guys got slighted by the Yankees. Rob Thompson and Al Padrique, And both of yeah. them left. And obviously, there was a narrative within the organization that they were going to change a lot of different things. A lot of... A lot of the, the the people that were the voices that were talking to these guys were going to change. Like that's that's very clear. Um, so they obviously knew that if Thompson didn't get the job, he was he was gone. And I I personally don't think Thompson really got had a, a shot at this job. I've thought that the whole time. Um, and then Padrique obviously thought the same thing. If he's not going to get a nod for it, he didn't want to stay in AAA. If he can go to the majors, uh, maybe he thinks that he's got a a clearer path to manager if he goes to another team and and can do well there. Bob yeah. Melvin's not a, safe, right? 
you take a job in the majors over a, even over a manager job in Scranton, especially Absolutely. when especially when they're the team the the major league team in your system just hired a new manager. Right, you're blocked. There's nowhere. There's nowhere for you to go. Where you yeah. go to Oakland and they and, and you open some eyes, and maybe you get a shot there at some point. It's the same thing if you're a shortstop prospect and then your team signs the top shortstop free agent. You're like, well, shit. Yeah, or an outfield. <laughs> no, there's multiple the, multiple outfield spots. Uh, well, not when you're the fourth or fifth outfielder, then it becomes a problem. Um, also, it was announced that Cashman, the Yankees, reached a deal for five years, twenty five million. Uh, so he gets a bump as well, a pay raise from Cashman. It's his team. We've been saying this for a long time. It's Cashman's team. Uh, more, more proof. All right, let's get into some mailbag questions. We've have a couple that have come in over the last few weeks, and we've just been too busy with all this news to to get to. The first one though is uh, about the Otani news, and it's from Rob Rosine. With Otani gone, I think most agree CC becomes almost an essential signing. If Cashman fails to get him back in pinstripes, what starting pitcher should the Yankees go after? The main ones that come to mind are Jake Arrieta, Alex Cobb, Yu Darvish, and Lance Lynn. Uh, some news also that George King tweeted on Sunday night before we started recording is that the Angels and CC Sabathia have started some discussions. And now you were kind of like, well, it's the winter meetings. So what? Yeah, exactly. I mean, I think the agents are all there, so they're all talking to everybody. So the fact that, you know, he's talking to uh, his his agent is talking to one of the guys from the Anaheim Angels, whatever. I mean, I think they're probably all going to have a bunch of conversations and it could be leverage. It could be something leaked out by his agent saying, let's go Yankees, hurry up. There could be a number of things happening. So I don't take much into that at this point. Um, hopefully that that still can happen. But, you know, maybe the Yankees are like, well, we kind of got really lucky with CC this last year. Maybe we don't roll the dice again with him. Maybe we go somewhere else where we can get someone for a, a similar contract. Um, there there are some guys out there that, that might have a, a, a similar contract that maybe they think they can get a little bit more out of or that's a little bit more of a safer bet to get 150 to 200 innings. Right, but those guys are not Arietta, Arietta or Darvish because no. they're going to get too much money. Right, right. And even Alex Cobb, I think, is going to be probably out of their price range. Well, he's definitely going to be more expensive as far as length of contract goes. But I saw MLB trade rumors saying that his contract will, they're guessing, between 12 and $14 million a year, which was, is exactly what we thought CC would be. Yeah, that's, and that's, but that's for, you're, you're adding that on, uh, if, if it's like a three-year deal, you're looking at that as more of a, a long-term thing as well. Whereas it's a maybe, long-term commitment, but as far as getting under the tax threshold, all the, if all the Yankees care about is getting under the 197 number, well, who cares if it's $14 million to Cobb or $14 million to CeCe? That's true for this one year. That's definitely true. The, the, the only thing I could think of is that you know they're, they're banking on after 2018 that they have some guys in the minor leagues that will come up and fill that fifth spot. That's that's kind of my mentality for that. They don't want to have a guy. They're looking for a one-year guy is what I think they're looking for. Um, and CC just fits the, the bill so nicely. Lance Lynn's another name I think that could potentially be thrown around probably for around the same money as Alex Cobb. I would assume he's had a couple good. You know, he had some good years in in St. Louis. He had some down years. I think he was injured for a while. I don't really know too much about Tommy him. John surgery in 2016. There, but that, he pitched 186 innings last year, which is. Pretty good coming off Tommy John. And that's really what you're looking for as a number five starter. You're looking for a guy that can go in there and throw some innings. Like You're not looking for the greatest thing in, in the world. I mean, obviously, you want a guy that's better than the next guy. But as a fifth starter, I think one of the biggest things is uh, keeping your team in the, in, the, in the game, throwing innings, and saving bullpen if you can. That's like primary, primary job for a fifth starter. 
Well, I think it comes back to does Brian Cashman think that he can get as much out of someone in his organization like Chad Green or Chance Adams or some other name we have we don't know that's on their on Cashman's radar versus going out on the free agent market and spending 14 million for a fifth starter. Yeah, and the other consideration is that because the winter meetings just started and there's going to be I'm sure plenty of discussions about the prospects that are still in the system, especially the outfield prospects now. With Cashman talking about starting pitching, he's going to look at that. He's going to go out and have conversations with people about starting pitching. He's going to have uh, conversations about uh, Headley, Ellsbury, Frazier, name it, like Florial maybe. There's going to be conversations about all these guys and what he can get from them. Cashman, the one thing he does is he he unturns every single rock, makes sure he knows what the market is and what he can get for each one of his players. So at the beginning of this podcast, you said that you don't really care about the Stanton money because it's not like it's going to prevent the Yankees from going out and making financial signings. But what if this year the Yankees decide because we just added all that money from Stanton, we can't sign a number five starter to 10, 12, 15 million dollars? I really don't. I think that they could still dip into the minor leagues. I don't think that's a thing, though. I think that because of the Stanton, it doesn't really affect it as much, like you said. The, but the it money, still affects the, the the number. It's just the numbers for 2018 are the most important It doesn't really affect the right number now. that much, though. That's the thing. It doesn't affect the number that much. I mean, the, the way that they got the deal with that $30 million, they can still add that 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 fifth starter for um for for the like around 10 million, and still make it under that luxury tax. They have to shed some things, and it, I just think Cashman will figure that out. And I think adding a pitcher is still in the mix of what he needs to do. Yeah, we're speculating. Let's see if they actually do. I mean, it's Cashman. He's going to do it. <laughs> of course he's going to do it. And Cashman we trust. Yes. I mean, there's, there's, if anybody has any doubt in Brian Cashman right now, you're, you're an absolute fool because he's been a genius. Literally. Ooh. A freaking see, genius. I don't think... so. I, I hate this. I hate not being able to question a GM... Just because he's been, uh, he's where he's gotten the team. You can still question the moves that he's making. I can, but I don't because I think they're very good. I think he's done a freaking ridiculous job. I can See, question them is... as they come up, but I have so much confidence in him because of his, uh, because of his history and track record, what he's done in the past five years, past three years, past year two years, that I, I just have a lot of confidence that he's going to do the right thing now. I mean, they're going to get under the ta- the tax threshold. That's uh, that's. First and foremost, that's why this deal was made. If this deal had come about and they couldn't get under that tax threshold, I'm not sure the deal gets done. That was essential to me. I think that was one of the biggest points of contention that they had to have that 30 million. They had to get under the tax, uh, the luxury tax threshold, so that they can um, they can clear it and they're not penalized anymore. I think that was huge. So I think that's very, 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 very much still part of the plan. Yeah. The next question is from Mike, and he says, did Otani just overtake Zach Greinke as the softest player in Major League Baseball? What are some other babies that have been too scared of the bright lights and big market to come to New York? And obviously, Otani signs with Anaheim Angels, comes out of nowhere and goes to Anaheim. I was actually pretty surprised about that because the Mariners were the team that everyone thought he was going to go to. Yeah, apparently, the what it came down to was that relationship with Billy Epler, which is another Yankee connection. But Billy Epler had scouted while he was with the Yankees, had scouted Otani when he was in high school and, and had stayed with him, apparently. And uh, I guess they have a very good relationship because he Billy Epler was talking about how emotional he was. It was one of the greatest days of his professional career when Otani signed with them. So he's obviously there's some connection there that, that not many people knew about. And um, maybe Cashman knew about it. But there was a, there was a connection there and made him feel comfortable going to Anaheim. 
So I tweeted out on uh, at Yankees podcast who are some uh, some names that come to mind that just could not handle New York. We got some really good suggestions. The number one though is Carl Pavano. Just the absolute douchebaggery of Carl Pavano will never be topped. Well, and the injuries, the the fact, the way that he got injured with the like the ridiculous. Uh, I don't even remember what the hell they were exactly. They were they were like routine dumb things. Didn't he pull like an ass muscle? He pulled an ass muscle. It was something like that. It was something ridiculous. His injuries were were unbelievable. And a lot of people thought he was faking injuries towards the end. Yeah, and he got a stupid amount of money. It was just such a horrible It actually, contract. it was so, that was another thing, is that I think he signed for like $39.5 million, and then when he found out it wasn't a full $40 million contract, it pissed him off. Yeah, I don't know. But I'll tell you what pissed me off was that when people were um, making Pavano comparisons with Nathan Avaldi. Nathan Avaldi is twice the man Colorado Pavano will ever be. Uh, Looks-wise. Whatever. They look the same. Fine. Don't compare them. They're not the same. Javier Vasquez could not handle New York twice. No, he could not. That was a guy that, that didn't want to deal with the. He just didn't want to deal with it. But that was a player that Brian Cashman, for whatever reason, just absolutely loved. Yeah, because he, he, he had some kind of a comfort level with him, and he brought him back a second time to see if that worked. And the, uh, the Javier Vasquez experience didn't work the second time. <laughs> just didn't work very well. People were also saying Cliff Lee because he did not sign with the Yankees. <laughs> but do you remember the whole incident where Yankee fans were like throwing stuff at his wife? No, I don't remember that whole thing. Yeah, it was when he was with, I believe, Philly. Philly, Philly and they were at Yankee Stadium pitching, and his, his family was in the crowd, and Yankee fans were harassing his family. And that was reportedly one of the big reasons why he did not want to come to New York when he was a free agent. Yeah, that's, that's uh, for coming from the, the Philly side, that's surprising. There's, they're the ones that would throw batteries at Santa Claus. So, lot, Quickly, some other, some other suggestions that we got were Jeff Weaver, Hideki Arabu, Ed Whitston, which was from the 80s. I actually had to look that story up. It's pretty interesting. Uh, Adrian Gonzalez in Boston, David Price, obviously, and uh, Panda Pablo Sandoval has not been able to handle Boston. So I don't know. I don't want to call Otani soft. I know you did call Otani soft. I think he was just looking for the best fit where he could do both hitting and pitching. I think he's a little bitch. I think he's soft, and he didn't want to compete in a big market, have a lot of pressure, and yeah, I think he's soft. And we're going to be seeing him coming to Yankee Stadium. Hopefully he's pitching, and we can light him up because that that, was, now he's got to go through murderer's row. But, but here's the thing, though. When, I saw he go to the, when he went to the Angels, signed with the Angels, I immediately went to the Yankees calendar and figured out when Anaheim was coming to the stadium because I want to see this guy play. Yeah, I want to see him play, too. I want to see him get lit up. And by the way, one of those one of those games is one of the um, the outings that we we will be having next year, and that Saturday game. Let's just hope he is either playing the field or or pitching that day, like you said. And by All the right, way, guys, and real quick, by the way, Carl Provano, two thousand six, was out with a spring training game, bruised buttocks, and <laughs> ended up missing the entire season over a bunch of number uh, of, of small injuries. And then he had a freak accident shoveling snow and lacerated his spleen. And then he didn't he start opening day for the Yankees in 2007? He did it one yes, he did. I don't know if it was a 2007. That's, that, yeah. that that's just quite the quite the resume there for for Carl Pavano in the, in the Bronx. Yeah, it was 2007. What a joke that was. Yeah. All right guys, thank you for the mailbag questions and thank you for for listening or watching the the Facebook live as Scott and I mentioned we're going to be doing that a lot more. Uh give this podcast a rating and review in iTunes. 
uh, give it five stars. We're almost at 700. Make it, uh, make us at 700 with all this news. Uh, the podcast is going to be very visible on iTunes and you guys giving it a rating and review makes it even more visible and it helps us out immensely. If you want to submit mailbag questions, go to bronxpinstripes.com slash podcast and you can call the voicemail line 646-480-0342. I believe we have some voicemails for Stanton. Is that right? We do. We have a whole bunch of people that called in. It was uh, some people that are pumped up. I haven't actually listened to them, but I know the phone was ringing off the hook. So there's there's a solid like 10 to 15, maybe even more than that. Nice. All right. Any last words before we get out of here? Ah, big, big day. You know, big day. We got we got freaking Mike Stanton coming. <laughs> Mike Stanton <laughs> is coming back to New York. Giancarlo Stanton coming to New York. The lineup is stupid. It's legitimately dumb. It's unbelievable. Everybody should be pumped up. If you have any negative feeling towards it, get rid of that negative feeling and be excited. All right, we'll talk to you guys next week. Maybe the Yankees will go out and trade for Bryce Harper or Manny Machado and everyone else in the major leagues because that just seems like what they're doing at this point. Have a good week, everybody. Believe it or not, George isn't at home. Please leave a message at the beep. I must be out before I pick up the phone. Where could I be? Believe it or not, I'm not home. Travis out here in Dallas,
Wow, unfucking believable What a time to be a New York fucking Yankees fan. You know, I could go on and on about the whole stance thing, but man, the thing is, Greg Bird's gonna have an unbelievable year. He's gonna see the pitches he wants to see. Everyone's gonna ignore him. He's gonna hit about 315, maybe 25, 30 home runs if he stays healthy. Watch him to be a big year and have some impact. Um, it's unbelievable. I'm so excited. I can, I can barely even speak English. Have a great day, guys. The evil empire is back. My old dad, Yankee Heart, is happy again. Bring on Guatalu Stanton, Aaron Judge, and Terry Sanchez. Let's go! Yo, puñeta. Hey, this is Don Sicario, puppy. What a time to be a fucking Yankee. Stanton, you expensive motherfucker. You better put work. We're gonna be coming on you bitch ass. Let's see them fucking balls fly out of the stadium. Anybody hating? Fucking eat a dick. In other words, I'm ready for this season. Let's go! Prepare to witness the firepower of this fully armed and operational battle station. Three words. Holy fucking shit. Zach calling from Utah. Christmas came 16 days early this year. Derek Jeter's the GOAT. Super Smash Brothers, Bronx Bombers, Murderers Row. 2018 World Series Champions. I think yes. Let's go Yanks. My God. I am stoked. I am ecstatic. I cannot believe the fact that we have two of the arguably best power hitters in all baseball right now on the same team. Wow. I'm telling you guys, prophecy, call what you want, but we are getting championships, championships in the Bronx. Cannot wait. I will be so happy. I just, I'm getting goosebumps thinking about it. Andrew from Hell's Kitchen. Holy shit. Last year we did not get as far as we wanted to, so what does Cashman do? He gets a stand for basically nothing. We are still under the luxury tax. We still have prospects. We can still salary, salary dump. Everything is good. Now let's get some fishing, babe. I said in the longest after Sunny Gray, and I'll say it again. Brian Cashman is a Hall of Famer. Took us from a rebuild to now World Series. Let's go, Jake. Hey guys, thanks for listening to the Bronx Pinstripe Show. Make sure you find us on iTunes and subscribe so you can get all new episodes directly onto your phone. If you do like the show, we'd love for you to take a minute and give us a five-star rating and review in iTunes. It really helps us out and allows us to create more shows. We're on Twitter at Bronx Pinstripes and the same on Facebook. You can always find us there talking Yankee baseball. Thanks again, guys, for your support. Really appreciate it, and go Yankees. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.